Good morning, Camp CC. How's everybody doing today? I just want to take a moment to remind you this morning that you serve a powerful God that can make a way even when you think there is no way. There's a name that levels mountains Cause out highways through the sea I see this power and rival battles right in front of me. There's a faith that stands to fight. Sends Goliath to his knees. I see this praise and rival child. Right off my feet That's the power of your name Just a mention makes a way Giants fall and strongholds break There is healing That's the power that I claim It's the same that rolled in the grave
sing with me. Heart breaks my my heart. You are. Death is not the end, Jesus. You are. You are. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your mercy, your love, your compassion, for your goodness and your faithfulness, Lord. We sing this prayer to you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With Thank you. 
says in Psalms 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The song we're going to sing today. Your 
these next verses in you is all I need. You're my strength, you're my life, you're my love.
that's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go there's a tree in the Grand Hotel with candy canes and silver lanes that glow it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door sure it's Christmas once a more man doesn't that feel great I love, is it Michael Bubbly, Bublo, Bublos, Bublies, whatever his name is, he does that song real good. And uh, we're get to hear that all month. Well, I guess we're going into next month. Uh, all Christmas season, uh, that is our bumper. If you noticed when you walked in today, you saw these cards, I'd love for you to grab one. It's yours, but not for you to keep. Of course, on the back, it tells you kind of the festive Christmas things we're doing for the month of December. Uh, but this is for you to invite someone. Invite somebody to our church this Christmas season. They say that people are more excited about trying out church in the Christmas, Easter seasons. Why don't we leverage that and invite them, let them know that we're a welcoming church. Will you do that? And that would be awesome for you to take this and give it to someone. Well, if you're new to us, my name is David Hurtado. I'm the lead pastor here. I'm so glad that you're with us. I know many of us are watching online today because you're still hanging, you know, like on a Thanksgiving hangover. And that's fine. So I'm just glad that you're joining us. Maybe you're out with uh, family in other parts of the country and whatnot, but you're still joining us online. We're just excited that you're hanging out with us today. Now, I don't know if you guys have these rules but there are rules when it comes to like Thanksgiving and Christmas season. Um, uh, uh, there, there are rules out there that cannot, uh, uh, you know, uh, be neglected. And, and these rules, depending on your family, are deep-seated. Uh, there, there are some things that you're not allowed to do until Thanksgiving is over. Anybody agree with that? Yeah, like you can't do certain, certain things. There's deep-seated Christmas celebration festivities that are not allowed until Thanksgiving is done. Dishes are done, food is put away, all that kind of stuff. Like you're not allowed to put up your Christmas tree until after Thanksgiving. Anybody have that? Yeah, see, there you go, there you go. There you go, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that's one. By the way, is your Christmas tree up right now? Raise your hand if your Christmas tree is up right now. Okay, those are all your Christmas snobs right there. Um, take a look. <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to introduce Christmas foods at Thanksgiving time like the Christmas cookies, the monkey bread, the Christmas casserole, pies during Thanksgiving, yes. Uh, Christmas cookies and eggnog, no. You know, you're not allowed to do those things. Uh, you can decorate early, but you're not allowed to turn on your lights until after Thanksgiving. Anybody abide by that rule? Yeah, yeah, there's a commonplace rules, you know. You're not allowed, this is a big one, this is a big one. You're not allowed to watch Christmas movies or listen to Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving. Anyway, anybody? Yeah, oh, now, now the room is kind of, is kind of, by the way, this is getting much, much harder because uh, the, the, the stations on the radio now are playing Christmas music a lot earlier than they used to, and now it's on before Thanksgiving, uh, and it's amazing to me if you have these rules in your family and they're deep-seated, like they're, they're, you know, you inherited them from the pilgrims or something. 
you know, if you have these rules in your family, it's like you have a literal disdain for Christmas music the week before Thanksgiving, and the week after, you sing harmoniously in joy. You know, like, I was in the car last week with our kids, and this, these rules have like trickled down to our children to where like Donovan's like, that shouldn't be on the radio. <laughs> you know, he's mad at change the station. But now that Thanksgiving is over, we'll sing along in the car. Like it's a harmonious melody, you know, type of thing going on. Uh, something that was, you know, so uncalled for last week is so appropriate for the time this week. And we're in that season right now where we're changing from Thanksgiving to Christmas. And, and that whole transition is happening. And it's a very fun transition to be a part of. Another rule would be that you're not allowed to put up your Christmas tree uh, or, or you're supposed to put up your Christmas tree immediately following Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, you, you know, my family, usually what we'll do is we'll, 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 you know, we'll put on some Christmas music, YouTube Christmas music on the, on the TV, and then, and then we'll you know, grab the, the, the tree, which ours is a fake tree, um, uh, because you know, 25 years from now, it'll pay itself off. And so, and then, and then we grab all the ornaments and all the kids put an ornament on the tree and all this stuff and it becomes a super fun activity that we do together. But we don't do that until Thanksgiving is over. Anybody else like that? Yeah, yeah. And so we have our tree out. We haven't got to the festivities yet where we put the ornaments on the tree and the lights up and everything and the music, but we're gonna get there. Uh, we're a little late this year, but we're getting there. But have you ever wondered, and this is gonna be uh, a fun, fun uh, exercise, have you ever wondered about the origins of the Christmas tree? Have you ever wondered, like, where did we get the Christmas tree? Like, where did it come from, this idea of trees and lights and ornaments? You see, today we're starting a series called It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, like the little bumper that you just heard. And we'll be discussing the spiritual significance of the symbols that we likely have taken for granted all these years. And I'm just telling you, this is me. I've taken these things for granted. I didn't know. I've been having a fun time doing the research on some of these things, like the Christmas tree. Where did it come from? What does it mean? How did we get it? It's not in the Bible. <laughs> as far as a Christmas tree with lights and ornaments and presents under it, you're not gonna find a Bible passage for it. it comes from Christian history and sometimes even um, regular uh, history as well. And today we'll tackle the symbolisms and the origins of the illustrious Christmas tree. Where did it come from and what about it carries deep significance? Is there anything spiritual about it and how are its origi origins unique? How did we come up with the Christmas tree tradition and what spiritual significance does it bring about? Now, we're gonna be in all kinds of passages today, and so uh, I would encourage you to look to the screen. If you wanna hold your finger on one passage, you can go to Matthew chapter two, which we'll look at a little later together in depth, but we'll be all kind of all over the place. And we're taking a look at the significance of Christmas symbols. And the first symbol that we're gonna look at, obviously, is the Christmas tree. Uh, where did we get the Christmas tree from? How did it come into existence? This is interesting because I don't know if you, uh, you guys have known this, but uh, Christians have traditionally celebrated Christmas by decorating evergreen trees. This is centuries old now, uh, either pine or fir, evergreen trees. And, and the Latin word for evergreen is literally always green, always green. Even in temperate climates, climates, you know, even in the winter season, even when there's no water, these trees seem to stay green. They're always green. They're evergreen. 
And it was to represent that Christ is the everlasting life. So just like a tree stays evergreen, so we have an everlasting God. Jesus Christ is the everlasting life. But where did the tradition come from historically? And this is where it might ruffle a little feathers. I gotta warn you, okay? So let's just be okay that we're gonna understand the history of things and this is just the true history of things. By the way, any of you guys, when I was a kid, this is very big in Northern California, um, uh, and I don't know that it's big in Southern California, but when I was a kid, there was a family that had a tradition that at the week after Easter, they would drive up to the mountains and they would go cut their tree down and they'd bring it back to their home and that, that would be the tree that they would decorate. Does anybody have a tradition like that where you go and cut down? Can you cut down trees in Southern California? Well, never mind. That's a lame illustration. Anyway, so there's all kinds of, you know, traditions, family traditions on this matter of a tree, right? And but where did it come from? Now, here, here's the things that's going to kind of open eyebrows. There were several pagan practices revolving around evergreen trees historically. Pagan practices, meaning not Christian practices, not religious in the sense of following our worldview, Trees were even worshipped to keep the devil at bay. We're going to worship these trees because we're hoping that the God of the trees will keep the devil away from us. The Celtic Germans, this is really interesting, would burn an entire tree during the 12 days of Yule in an effort to help the sun god return to strength during winter months. This later became known as Yuletide and started at the winter solstice and commenced what we now know as the 12 days of Christmas. So what would happen is these people were so concerned during the winter season, they were so scared that if the sun god doesn't come back, we're all going to freeze to death, that they would have these practices and rituals and even, even pagan worship uh, of, of, of false deities in hopes we got to help the sun god get his strength back because we're so scared that we're going to freeze. And they would do all these activities. And over the years, as the world began to Christianize, as the world began to give over to Christianity, as Christianity spread, so did some of these traditions change. Former pagan practices were changed into Christian practices this would be like the redeeming of pagan practices. Now, this is very heavily debated at the time. Um, you would have people who were in the camp of, yeah, uh, God, uh, you know, the Bible, Christ is the prince of all the sciences, and so everything is redeemed in Christ. God is restoring all things to himself, and so we can take a pagan practice and we can make a religious meaning out of it. And there was that crew that said, yeah, we're good with that. And there was another crew that said, no, that's idol worship. If you, if you do anything with trees, you're giving into idol worship. So there's this crew that says, we'll redeem the practice and make a, a Christian significance out of it. And there's a crew that says, no, we stay away from that practice because it is demonic in its origins. Now, uh, we see this kind of thing happening today as well. There's debates over Halloween in Christian circles. Do you participate? Do you not? We're not going to deal with that one today, but I do know, and I have it on, uh, you know, really, really uh, good authority that Kenny loves those discussions. And so make sure you see him and debate whether Halloween is okay for Christians to be a part of. <laughs> hems, hems, the 
original hymns of the church. Did you know that they were barroom songs? They took the melodies of them and they put Christian words to them so that people would go to the bar and hear this melody and they'd go to church and go, oh, I've heard that melody before, but it wasn't about Jesus. That actually was another one of these, we're gonna redeem the practice, restore it, and big, bring some religious significance behind it. Santa Claus, that's another one, right? Do you or do you not celebrate Santa Claus? Do you or do you not tell your children about Santa Claus? Do you have them, you know, raised believing about Santa Claus? I had a friend, a very close friend, who said, I will not teach my kid about Santa Claus. I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're gonna do at Christmas time because it's all over the television. So what are you gonna do with that? You know, and then, then, you know, pro or con, do or do not, that's between you and the Lord. You know, you can go there. Uh, in fact, we're, we're, you're gonna see, we, we have Santa Claus coming here on Sunday, December 11th, and I'm sure there'll be people who will be in the room going, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing that. That's okay, there's plenty of churches in town, just don't come on that Sunday. Santa will be here, <laughs> you know. We just understand that the true gift giver of all mankind is Jesus Christ. But we can take that ideology and say, let's redeem it. Let's use it for the cause and glory of Christ. And so the Celtic Germans uh, you know, had this, this idea they gotta burn the tree, and so if they burn the tree for 12 days, it'll help the sun god return to his strength. They were scared. We're not gonna make it through this season. All those practices kind of get redeemed and restored and turned into something a little bit more Christianized. Um, coming out of Germany as well would be this idea of the paradise tree that was to be celebrated on December 24th. So from these practices eventually comes this idea of a paradise tree. And this is the first time we're seeing the tree in a Christian home. And what would happen is uh, the Protestant and great reformer Martin Luther is said to be the, he's credited to be the one to be the first to bring one of these trees into his home. Like, whoa, wait a second. You gotta understand, there's a big debate. Early church fathers, Tertullian is like, don't do this, you're, you're anathema if you do this. And here is the great Christian reformer Martin Luther saying, well, I'm gonna bring one of these into my home. This is a very, very marked occasion, and he's credited, um, there's debate on this, but he's credited as being the one to take this tree and brings it into the Christian home. Now, here's the part that I really want you to double down and listen up, because this is awesome, right? When he brought this tree into his home, I want you to hear how they decorated the first Christmas tree, how it was decorated. It was decorated with four different ornaments, you can say. The first one was an apple. They would hang apples on the tree. The second one was a candle. I'm sorry, a round wafer. They'd take a round wafer and they'd place it on the tree. The third one was a candle. They put candles on the tree. These are all, by the, by the way, everything you see on your Christmas trees today are all emblems of this. This is all being, you know, modernized. Apples, round wafers, candles, and then... Um, a star, obviously, at the top. Candles. What did candle, candle, I'm sorry, what, uh, apples, what do they represent? The apple represented the forbidden fruit of the book of Genesis. There was a tree that God made, and there was the forbidden fruit. The round wafers represented the sacrament of communion. And the lighted candles represented Christ as the light of the world. Before there were Christmas lights, like you see on our trees, there were candles on the trees. Apple, wafer, candles. 
Now here's the amazing thing, don't miss it. What that means is the gospel was on the tree. The gospel of Jesus Christ was on the tree. Apples represented sin that separates us from God. This is where we went wrong. Adam and Eve have anything. They just couldn't eat of that fruit. They ate of it. That sin, that's our problem of humanity. And then there was the, the round wafer. This is the promise that God would send somebody who would come and die for our sin. He was the very Eucharist. His body uh, would, would be laid in shambles for us so that he, our sin would be dealt with. The candle, how is this possible? Because Christ is the light of the world. That was on the tree. The very first tree was the gospel. Sin in the apple. The wafer represented sacrifice of Christ. The light being Christ, the light of the world. I want you to keep that wedged in your brain a little bit because we're gonna come back to that a little later, okay? Keep that in your mind. That's what the first tree looked like. Now, with all this in mind, let's take a fresh look at a couple passages that would prove highly significant towards the advent of the paradise tree, as they called it back in the day. This is Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil tree of life. Now, think of the setting. All these people are concerned about uh, getting through the winter, and they're looking to this evergreen tree that somehow stays green and somehow lives through every season, and so uh, maybe the God of that tree can help us. And here you have in Genesis saying the tree of life is in the midst of the garden. We have a tree that you can look to. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. It says this, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from the roots, uh, from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of all, uh, the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be to fear, shall be in the fear of the Lord. There is one coming, this is, if you're, if you're new to Christianity, there's all kinds of ancient literature, some written thousands of years before Christ would walk on earth, that there is one coming. And Isaiah 11 is one of them. There's gonna be a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch, a tree. It's gonna be springing out, that will bear fruit, coming from the line of Jesse, the line of David. We see this over and over again. There's one who is coming. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven and eight says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Uh, we have the tree that you're looking for. And by the way, if you trust in his Lord, whose trust is in the Lord, he is like a tree planted by water. If you're concerned of getting through the seasons, just understand you can be a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams and does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green, evergreen, always green. And it's not anxious for, uh, in the year of the drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. You guys are looking to the trees because you're amazed at how they're so evergreen. Well, we have a God who is that tree. And if you plant your tree next to him, you'll be like a tree planted by living waters. Leaves will remain evergreen. You're worried about how to get through the winter season. We can show you how God provides for you to get out of the winter season spiritually. Trees have historical significance. They have spiritual significance because they represent an everlasting God. The God who is never surprised, the God who is never caught off guard, not even by 
any kind of world calamity, natural disasters, he is always sovereign. And when you pitch your tent next to him, it's like planting a tree next to living water. Well, let's take a look at what is on top of that tree. Taking a look at the significance of Christmas uh, symbols, first we look at the Christmas tree and its origins, having kind of pagan origins that have been reclaimed or rediscovered or redefined or restored into Christian ideals that would be biblical according to the scriptures. Now let's look at the Christmas tree star. Uh, I'm sure you've familiar yourself with this one because we see this one a lot during Christmas time. Uh, Coming out of Matthew chapter two, if you have your finger there, uh, we'll start in verse one. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came uh, to Jerusalem saying, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it arose and, and, and have come to worship him. Then when Herod, heard, the king heard this, wait a second, there's somebody's gonna be the king of the Jews and I am the king. He was troubled in all Jerusalem with them and assembling all the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired of them, where is the Christ to be born? Where's this person supposed to be born? And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is also written by the prophet, uh, and you, O Bethlehem, Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least of the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler, and you shall and, and, and who shall who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what, what time it appeared, and then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so I may come and worship him as well. I wish there was a way to put sarcasm in the text. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's so clearly no desire of him to worship this new king. He's threatened by him, but quote unquote, well, yeah, come back and tell me where he is so I can worship him too. Right. Uh, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that had seen, that had seen had rose, went before them until it was rest over the place where the child was. And when, the, when they saw the star, they rejoiced greatly, exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they fell down and worshiped him, and then opened their treasures, and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Taking a look at the symbols of Christmas, we here we see the Christmas tree star. Now, I want to just make sure that we address the, 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 the historical skeptic in the room going, that just doesn't make sense. That's a really nice mythical story, uh, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem, the biblical narrative doesn't seem to fall in love, fall in line with like the ruthlessness that we know of the historical Herod. Like Herod of history was not that kind. Why was he so kind to the three wise men? Why didn't he kill them right then and there? Why didn't he follow them and then uh, slaughter everybody when he comes on the scene? I mean, it certainly encroaches on his very rule and reign. The Herod of history was so calloused and cold-blooded. How could this be the same Herod? That's actually, I would say, actually a pretty good um, um, charge against the text. Now, if you don't understand, though, in first century ancient times that people never traveled by themselves, you wouldn't understand what's going on here. You see, you would never travel alone in those days unless you wanted to be like a prime candidate to be robbed. If you were to travel alone, it'd be, like, it'd be like being a lone deer in the midst of a pack of tigers. You're just ripe for the taking, 
And so they would never travel alone. In fact, they would travel in thousands and maybe even tens of thousands. And, and, and by the way, we don't know that there were just three wise men. Uh, we get that because there's three gifts. If you look back in the text, there's no word to say it was only three of them. But it does say they came with three gifts. And so we assume that there were like three heads of state that were coming. And the reason we assume that is because the gifts are pretty prominent. And it says they open up their treasures and they give these gifts. So there was these three entities, but it doesn't mean they were traveling alone. They were probably traveling with thousands. So much so that Herod's going, well, you know, I don't know if I want to make a big deal out of this. I certainly don't want to start a war with an opposing entity. Maybe I could just get the information out of them and then I can do my business later. Which, by the way, if you read the rest of chapter two, you'll see that Herod goes on to kill every child under two years old and younger. From the time that he ascertained that the star, the star was prominently displayed before them, he goes, you know what, two years and younger, we'll kill all of them. I'm not sure if we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll, if we kill all of them, we gotta get them. And that's back to the ruthless Herod of history that we know. But in the story, he's like, well, you know, I don't know if I wanna pick a fight here. I think I'll be shrewd and try to find out exactly where he's at instead. So he is ruthless, and he is cunning, and he's smart at the same time. He doesn't want to take on a battle with 10,000 folks if he doesn't have to. But this is the story where we get the star from. This is why we put the star at the top of the tree, because there was a star that appeared, and these folks were taken to Jesus where they could go and worship him and give him gifts. That's the only place we see a star. I want to show you a couple other passages, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, that talks about a star as well. Let's look at Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. It says this, I see him, but not now. Behold him, but not near. A, st- a what? A star will come out of Jacob. Again, this is back to that imagery in the Old Testament. There's one who is coming. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of, the Mo- of, of Moab and the skulls of all the sons of Seth. There's one coming. It's like a tree. There's one coming. He's like a star. I want to show you another Revelation chapter 22. This is the last book of the Bible, the last book of the New Testament, and this is the last chapter. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning what? Star. So here, here we have the imagery of Christmas. And, and, and we're seeing the scriptures say, I am the tree of life. I am the shoot from the stump of Jesse, the branch that bears much fruit. I am the star of Jacob. I am the bright morning star. I'm everything you've been searching for. You think you need this evergreen tree to make it through the season. I can get you through any season. I can get you through the, the spiritual dark seasons. I can get you through the winter seasons of physical life. You're looking to a star I am the star. I'm the star of Jacob. I'm the bright and morning star. I'm the one who is to come to repair all things, to restore them, to redeem them, to reconcile them. That's who I am. So we see Jesus Christ as the star in the Old Testament, the star beginning in the New Testament, and the star at the end of the New Testament. He is the star that should be worshiped. They came to bring him gifts and worship him. Which brings me to the big idea. It is in Christmas symbolism that we are reminded that we should worship God. 
all this Christmas symbolism is there to provide us a reminder that we should worship God. All of it. The star on the top of the tree, the ornaments on the tree, the lights on the tree, they're all there to remind us that we should worship God. Trees, lights, ornaments, star on the top of the tree, they are all reminders. It is in Christmas symbolism that we are reminded to worship God. Now, I don't know what kind of family Christmas traditions that you have, but I've heard that uh, ornaments can be a tradition. In fact, I had a, a wonderful lady in our church come to me recently. said, you know, you, several years ago, you guys gave out a Christmas tree ornament uh, at Christmas Eve, and we still have it. And our family has a tradition where every year we buy a new ornament. And so that year, it was just KMCC's ornament that we put on our tree. Does anybody have a, a tradition like that? You, every year, you buy an ornament, a new ornament to put on the tree. I don't know how you continue after like 35 years. But the point is, get a bigger tree, I don't know. But, you know, so you have these ornaments. And sometimes you get the ornament to like commemorate the year. You know, there's something commemorative about the year. And so you place that on the tree, and that becomes kind of like the family tradition things to do. And, and, and I thought that would be very interesting for the last couple of years if you do that. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the year 2020, this kind of, maybe your ornament would look like this. It, it was the year of the toilet paper. Yes, that's right, in 2020. And so it's a very easy one. You just get a shoelace and a toilet paper, write the, word 20, write the number 2020 on it, and you could put that on your tree. Uh, 2021 was a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Is the year of the mask and the year of the vaccine, you know, uh, mask and vax. If you didn't get a vaccine, it's okay. I got two of them, one for you, one for me. We're good. Uh, I, I, and then 2022, what would 2022 year? Oh, yeah. It's the year of the gas can, right? You get, you know, this is what we had, you know, uh, uh, you know, it used to be that a gallon of gas was was less than a gallon of milk. Not, not the case anymore. It's double, you know, type of thing. And so, uh, you know, maybe that's the one that you put up. I don't know what you're thinking about this year. But I really wonder if this year, if maybe you would go out of your way and stun your children with this, with this picture on your tree, around wafer. They probably look at you going like, that doesn't fit. That's not funny. You know, that doesn't go with all the other ones that were kind of smart. What is this round wafer with a string through it? And maybe you could go through the first Christmas where Christians brought trees into the house. And maybe you could talk about Martin Luther saying, I'm going to put an apple on this tree and it represents sin. That all of us are wedged away from God. I'm going to put this wafer on the tree that represents Christ himself dying on the cross for our sin. And why would he do that? Because I'm going to put this candle on the tree because he's the light of the world. And then finally when we're all done, I'm going to put a star on the tree. And the whole reason is because of the sin replaced by the wafer as he is the light of the world. The star came for us. And just as the wise men came to worship their God, we should worship him for what he's done for us. It's the celebration of his birth. It just happens to be during the winter season. And everybody's wondering, are we going to make it through? We don't have heaters. How do we make it through? The sun God's got to wake up. No, you don't need the sun God. You need the sun himself. You need Jesus Christ. He is the evergreen tree. 
He is the one who can provide you sustenance and life that you can't find anywhere else. The apple is sin, the candle, the light of the world, the wafer, the sacrifice, the star. He came. He came. It wasn't just a whole bunch of uh, words in ancient literature that led up to nothing. No, these words, the star, this branch, this tree, he came. He came, did what he said he was going to do so that we could have a relationship with him. Thanks be to God, and we should worship him. You see, Christmas symbolism reminds us that we should worship God. And I don't know what brought you here today. I don't know if you have a friend who brought you, if you're watching online for the first time here. Maybe you're not even that religious. Maybe you're not that familiar with the Christian worldview. But maybe your takeaway could be that those four symbols could radically change your life. You see, Christmas isn't just about trees and yuletide carols. It's about a God of the universe who would send his son, the ever, the true evergreen tree, the bright morning star, to get you out of your winter spiritually. He can transform you from death to life. He can take you from somebody who is undeserving of God to someone who God views as deserving of his holiness. It's by the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Are you here? Is that you? Why don't you bow your head, close your eyes with me. Let me talk to you a little bit. We just had somebody recently profess faith in Christ for the first time. I'm writing them a letter this week to say, thank you for letting us know what's going on in your life. Are you here? Is God doing something in your heart? wow, that just makes sense to me. I know my past is full of things I'm ashamed of, things I know that if I had to stand before God, he would never look kindly on. But if you're saying that Christ is the sacrifice that makes me whole with God, that I could attach myself to the true evergreen tree that is everlasting by faith in him, then I want that. You place your faith in Jesus Christ, a life that you could not live, that I could not live, died for us on the cross, was resurrected on the third day. You place your faith in that. That's what I believe in. God says if you profess that with your mouth and believe that with your heart, that you'll be saved. And so that when you look at the Christmas lights on the tree, you know they represent the light of the world. When you look at the star on the tree this season, you know it represents a God who came for me and a God who I come to worship. That's what we're all about around here. Father, I thank you for symbolisms, things I've never learned before, things I, I, I guess I just never even thought to study. And yet the gospel's written on the tree. How amazing is that, that you'd provide that kind of symbolism to remind us. Help us this Christmas season to remember who you are, who we are, and what it took for us to be made right with you. And so when we look at the star on top of the tree, We think of it in a new way, not just something pure pretty at the top, but something more like my God came for me and I've come to worship him. That's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you, Pastor David. Um, You know, if you're here today and you just received Jesus Christ, what David was saying made sense. You felt God drawing you and you, you surrendered and you accepted that God's offer of salvation or maybe you just have questions about that. 
um, you know, we want to be involved in that process with you. Uh, you can um, go to the welcome counter on your way out if that's you, and let us know that God's doing something in your life. We have people there who can answer your questions, hope you understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Um, or you can go, if you're watching online, you can go to campcc.net, click on Next Steps, fill out that little form, and one of our pastors will get back to you. We really want to be there for you to answer your questions. If you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible, all those things. All right, we're going to get back to God. We're going to do that um, three different ways. You can go to our website and click Give at the top at campcc.net, or you can text the amount you'd like to donate to 84321, or there's an offering box in the lobby that you can hit on your way out. Uh, well, this is just one of the ways we want to honor God, put him first in all things. Saying, like, we want to be faithful to what he asked us to do in our life and be faithful to the scriptures and giving is part of that. Uh, it's how our ministries are funded. Everything we do here is through the generosity of God's people. All right. So before you go, there's um, also um, wanted to mention that next Sunday is Victory Sunday. We're going to announce what God did through you guys for the Welcome Project to redo our lobby and patio. Um, and if you intended to be part of that and you just hadn't got it in yet, um, just get it to me by next Sunday and I'll include you in the total that we're announcing. All right, check out this video. Good morning, I'm Clara Chisholm and I'm part of the high school ministry here at CAMCC. I'm so glad you were here. If you were a first, second, or third time guest, we have some fantastic gifts for you to thank you for hanging out with us today. It's like Christmas came early. I'm talking Starbucks gift cards, mugs, and dessert. Go to the welcome counter in the lobby with your connection card, or if you're watching online, go to camcc.net slash next steps. This Christmas season is a great time to invite friends, family, coworkers, and neighbors to join you at the many great up-and-coming things here at CAMCC. Sunday, December 11th, Pictures with Santa. Following both gathering hours, 9 and 1045, get your family picture with Santa for free. Don't wait in long lines at the mall. Show up looking Christmassy and you will have the perfect cover for your annual Christmas card. Bring a family to join you and your smiles. Sunday, December 11th, 4.30 p.m., award-winning artist Mary Rice Hopkins featuring Brush Arbor performing hits and holiday favorites for the entire family to enjoy. She will be joined by special guest Puppets with a Heart by Darcy Mays, as seen on TVN. Tickets and packages available at camcc.net. Saturday, December 17th, 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. Parents' Night Out. Drop off your kids here at the church and enjoy a date night out. Or maybe you need to finish your Christmas shopping or wrapping. This is your night. Donations accepted and will help fund Awana Summer Camp. For questions, contact awana at camcc.net. Saturday, December 24th. Christmas Eve candlelight gatherings, 4 and 6 p.m. Join us for our dynamic and powerful Christmas Eve gathering with upbeat live music, delicious holiday sweet treats, festive family photos, and classic carols. Child care will be provided for birth to pre-K. This will be an evening you will not want to miss. We will not be holding gatherings on Christmas Day so that you can all spend time with your families, which is why we are offering two gatherings on Christmas Eve. So get here early to get a seat. Who will you ask to join you as a guest? Sunday, January 15th, baptisms. We will be having baptisms for both worship gatherings. If you would like to take the next step in your faith, mark your connection card baptism or go to campcc.net slash next steps and Pastor Daryl will get in touch with you or answer any questions you may have. 
You don't even have to sign up. We will have everything you need if you decide to make the decision that morning. A true outward expression of an inward change. For more info, contact Daryl at camcc.net. To stay in the loop of what's going on at CamCC, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more info on any of these events, go to CamCC.net. Hello, my name is Andrew Bass, and I'm the fourth and fifth director here at CamCC. What I got out of the message for today is that all these things we use to celebrate Christmas, like the Christmas tree and the star, they're actually there to help us remember what Christ did for us on the cross. So remember, if you are a guest with us, go to the Welcome Center and we have a, a present for you. And if you're watching us online, go to campcc.net slash next steps. And if you're here with us on, in person, join us on the patio right now for a donut and a coffee and just to chit chat with your friends. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week.